0: Dr. Pamela Thompson is a clinical psychologist, professional life coach, and the author of Surviving Mama, and she's joining me on Amy's Table to talk about her thought-provoking self-help book, It's Brimming with Empowering Life Lessons for Daughters, and it takes us on the journey of eight women who share their experiences of their mother's self-absorption, demanding ways, excessive worry, controlling nature, and maybe even mental illness. She's joining me today on Amy's Table. Welcome, Dr. Thompson. How are you?
1: Uh, lovely. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, you know, I've got to say I'm a mother, so I'm a little worried about what's to come here. I don't want my <laughs> daughter to have to survive me. <laughs> yes, yes,
1: I understand.
0: But what is it that makes mother-daughter relationships so stressful?
1: Well, part of it is just that it's the same-sex parent-child relationship, which always has some some tricky moments inherent in that relationship, because fathers and sons have their issues as well. Mm -hmm. It's just that mothers and daughters uh, happen to be both female. Imagine that. (laughs) And um, We actually are inclined to be more emotionally expressive. And so our issues get played out a little more visibly, more demonstrably. And you can't help but look at the same-sex child and project a bit of yourself onto that child, particularly if the child happens to look a lot like you, and uh, you just get more invested emotionally in wanting them to steer clear of the things that tripped you up, uh, or wanting them to live a life that somehow completes what you didn't finish, or what have you. So it's, uh, it's common in the same-sex parent-child relationship. So it can often be
0: well-intended, you know, yeah. I mean, I want you to miss the problems that I had, or I want you to skip over these things. I, so it's, it can be well-intended.
1: Oh, no question. I mean, I actually believe, despite the, um, the, the, the somewhat intense nature of the title, Surviving Mama, I do believe that most mothers really absolutely are well-meaning and want the best for their daughters and love them. Um, It's just that the methodology for how you communicate that gets a little tricky as daughters mature and become their own woman. And so any relationship that is not allowed some degree of freedom and wiggle room and autonomy is going to be suffocated and and, um, problematic. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I do believe the mothers are well-meaning. Now, I've done a lot of work in women's prisons, and so... I actually have worked with women who murdered their mothers, and I have a boatload of stories of horribly abusive situations where mothers introduce their daughters to crack or prostitution or Mm. watch them be sexually violated, and none of those stories are included in this book because I wanted this to be more relatable to the everyday person who loves their daughter or loves their mother But we've got issues in our relationships that are threatening to choke out what's really good here.
0: So what are some of the biggest causes for the stress between mothers and daughters?
1: Well, the book highlights, as you um, said in the introduction, things like excessive worry. We can just, you know, start there. I mean, in, in some regard it's a mother's right to worry I mean that makes sense this is my child I brought this child in I'm responsible and so worry is kind of a part of it but then there's the idea of worry getting excessive and and suffocating and hovering and smothering and that's the kind of worry that can uh, put a daughter in a position of not wanting to share anything with her mother of any significance to her for fear of her worries. And so the intimacy that could be there is is not because of this excessive uh, worry that's way out of control and that is working against the relationship instead of being uh, anything that's, Fostering growth and in intimacy there, uh, worry control is a big issue that comes up. you know, I want you to do it my way, I know better I'm your mother I've been there before you, and listen to me if you listen to me, you, you won't have these issues that's a pretty common one mm-hmm. and uh, again that can get that can go into overdrive, and again, people end up feeling suffocated under the weight of that. But the one thing that I found that was very consistent <clears throat> in the stories that are in the book and in so many of the hundreds of stories that I have under my belt from my clients is that mother's who had the most strained relationship with their daughters were mothers who stopped growing and they stopped living their own lives and they they lived exclusively and vicariously through their daughters. And in so doing, they made their daughters their best friend, their confidant, their sister, their their mentor, their everything, their shopping buddy. Mm -hmm. And that's always a recipe for disaster because there is no one person on the planet who can meet all of your needs. And so the mothers who are still growing and still active and still have their own stimulating lives and hobbies and interests and friends have a much better time um, uh, navigating a, a harmonious relationship with their adult daughters.
0: That makes so much sense. And it's funny, you know, you almost see some of those mothers starting to live through their child at a very young age. I mean, I've I know some people who do that. Oh yeah. And and, you know, it happens very young. And it's interesting. When do the mother-daughter stresses start? I laugh. I have a son and a daughter, and my my daughter my son would go, Okay, mom, you know, from a very young age, my daughter would be like, No. (laughs) It was different from from
1: from practically birth, yes, I've, I've heard that. I've heard that a lot, and uh, there are some mother son issues as well. In fact, people tell me all the time, "When are you going to write the mother surviving your son book?" <laughs> um, but yes, I, I hear you. It can it can start very very early, and in my. In my experience, my clinical experience, I I always say that those issues begin to surface in a woman's life around the age of 30. It's a pivotal year in a woman's life when she begins to really increase her self-awareness and she really begins to look at people, places, and circumstances in a much more enlightened kind of way. Mm -hmm. And Mama is, wow, she's actually not perfect after all. And man, you know, my job, my life, my best friend, my whatever, kind of comes into clearer view. And you begin to question the people that are in your life and why are they in your life? And how are they going to be in your life as you are now evolving and maturing into your own person? So 30 is a, is a really pivotal year. I call it the year of self-awareness.
0: Hmm, That's really interesting. So I've got a long ways to go with my daughter then until yeah, the stresses did. really start. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm pretty certain they did start from the womb. I'm sticking to that story. However, yeah. you know, it's funny because I am also from a family of many children. There's six of us, four girls and two boys. And I think that even though girls might You know, mother daughter relationships might be more volatile or whatever. It's interesting how don't girls kind of come back to aren't girls the ones that sort of stay closest to the family for life? Or is that just a myth?
1: Yeah no that is true we we do come back because and see this is what makes the relationship so fascinating mm-hmm. is because we have this this you know target um for periods in our lives that could be you know exclusively mom everything that's right with my life or wrong with my life somehow you know she's she's in you know she she she's central to it and but the thing is daughters tend to Stay in the game, you know, they stay in it. So they don't necessarily just disappear and become estranged and, you know, fall out and not speak for however long, although that does happen, Mm -hmm. it certainly does happen. But the thing that keeps daughters tied in, as you probably have already guessed, it's just you, you grow up and you have your own children, mm-hmm. and you realize how much you need your mother, and you realize how much grief you gave her unnecessarily, and you have more empathy toward her and everything she was trying to navigate, and and you just begin to understand her as a woman with her own issues and her own life story and her own disappointments. And that probably she did the best she could do with what she had at the time. Right. And so you learn how to be a little bit more accepting and forgiving as you see how flawed you are. <laughs> right, exactly. When <laughs> <laughs> you begin to look at yourself in the mirror, and I'm not so great, and I'm not so perfect either. It helps, uh, it helps us to develop compassion for people in general when we, when we have a really honest self-assessment um, that includes all of our flaws and foibles.
0: Oh, wow. It, you know, and 30, that 30-year, 30 I think you're so right. I feel like that's when I started having lots of veils lifted from my eyes. Well, send us off today from some tips from Surviving Mama about just a couple of ways moms and daughters can relieve some of these stresses.
1: Well, the number one thing is that you do have to realize that you're not your mom and your mom is not you and uh, that you guys are different, and and that's okay. And so you don't necessarily have to make yourself available to her every time she calls or every time she beckons for you. You can say no, actually, to your mother when you're a grown-up, and you you can make yourself less available uh, and less quick to return voicemails and text messages and make sure that you have more control over how the communication with your mom goes. That's one thing you can do. Um, You can certainly um, normalize your expectations of her because whatever it is that she does that annoys you and that's just – a huge flaw. She's she's masterful at it. I mean, she's been at it for decades. decades. <laughs> <laughs> and you're new to the party. And yeah. so there's no way that you're going to change her. There's no way that you're going to just wake up one day and suddenly she's just going to get it. And so I say in the book that we have to stop expecting elephants to meow. They, they don't <laughs> meow. And so cats uh, meow and dogs bark and difficult, annoying, selfish, self-absorbed people are difficult, annoying, selfish, and self-absorbed. And so you just have to expect. Know that at the outset and adjust your expectations accordingly. Um, If she seems to be unrelenting in the way that she complains about things and just creates all this white noise in the background of your life, you can turn on what I say in the book is uh, auditory cruise control. You can just sort of hit this button and, yes, I hear you. There's somebody talking, but I'm not necessarily allowing it to penetrate my heart and pierce my spirit and upset my day. And um, you can keep it at bay in that way and not uh, feel like you've got to take it on and get pulled into the ring on the things that you know she's likely to do and, and the ways in which she's likely to upset you. So, uh, you know, everything really falls under the umbrella of boundary setting, healthy boundary setting, because boundaries are indeed our friends. They keep us in relationship. And so many women in particular are afraid of boundaries and um, blur those boundaries. Boundaries and allow people in uh, in ways that are destructive. Well, I'll tell
0: you what, if you're a mother or you're a daughter, you've definitely got to check out the book, Surviving Mama, and you can find more information at www.survivingmama.com. But I'm going to put Dr. Pamela Thompson's information and a link to her book and her site on amystable.com. But Dr. Thompson, this has been so, so interesting. And I have to say, I wrote down your quote, Stop Expecting Elephants to Meow. I'm going to use that one a lot.
1: (laughs) Okay, great, great. Well, thank you so much. I've, I've so enjoyed speaking. With you.
0: Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q! It's
1: Amy's Table with Amy Tolman. yeah. Q102.